This, this is, is Yawa Radio. A warm welcome to the Yawa Radio podcast. The Yawa Radio podcast is an opportunity again to listen to one of our inspirational, thought-provoking interviews that we have brought to the listeners of Yawa Radio. Yawa Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are your well-being and happiness radio station, bringing the feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. Check us out at yawaradio.co.uk. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast from the Yawa Radio team. This is Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twine, and where I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world, sharing their stories, stories that may well resonate with you. Sit back and enjoy this week's Glass Half Full. So you're listening to Yawa Radio. You know we're all about well-being, happiness, and personal development. And it's always great to be joined, as I say, by great guests from around the world. And and uh, makes a change, actually. I'm talking to somebody here in the UK. We're going down to St. Austell, and I'm joined by uh, Juliet Kello today. Juliet, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. I'm really excited to do this podcast with you, Steve. Really looking forward to it. Well, yes, and so am I. Let's go with the flow. We know we're going to be, we're going to be talking very shortly about sweeteners in particular. But Juliet, you're a dietitian, you're a food nutrition writer and author. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did it all start for you? Well, I trained, and actually, I was at what was formerly Leeds Polytechnic. So I'm no, I'm familiar with your part of the world, having spent four great years there. Um, absolutely love it up there. So as you say, yes, I trained as a dietitian. Um, that was about 30 years ago. Um, and I've, so I've got heaps and heaps of, in, of experience. Um, and after a kind of like a brief stint working in hospitals, I moved really into the food industry and then into media. So for the past 20 years, I've been working mainly in media with PR companies, with the food industry. I do lots of writing. Um, so I write for lots of lifestyle magazines and newspapers. So I used to be the editor, actually, of Top Sante magazine um, back in 2000, which was a really fantastic job. And it was great because it meant we could make sure that all the nutrition information, which is in a health and, and lifestyle magazine, is actually based on science. It's correct. It's up to date. It's not based on fads and myths. Um, so, yes, yeah, so lots and lots of experience, um, really working in a variety of settings. I think some people will say I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. Um, but at the root of everything that I do is really solid nutrition based on, on proper facts and, and myth busting, really. And you know, Julia, that, you know, that's really it's really important, isn't it? Because there's there's some well, misinformation out there or whatever or things out there that there's no wonder people get confused about things and don't know what they should be putting into the bodies one week it's this one week it's that then it changed oh so so yeah well, let's see if we can we're going to be talking in particular today about sweetness okay yeah yeah um because you know people look around there's lots of things that's been said about sweeteners in the past around there what are they, what they are and all that kind of thing but before before we talk about that and some of the myths and, and share some positive things about that, why did they exist in the first place? I think 
think the first thing to say is that sweeteners have been around for years and years, decades, in fact. Yeah. Um, they're not really anything new. And it, actually, if you go back, we, we're, bought, we're born with an inbuilt preference for, for sweetness. So breast milk is actually quite sweet. So babies are automatically born with a preference for something that's, that's really quite sweet. And then, of course, going back right back to caveman, I imagine, caveman will have, have identified the fact that sweet foods actually taste really good and that they're enjoyable and that they're pleasurable um, and they, they make food taste really good. So we've had this kind of, you know, we've grown up with sweetness um, because we, we're kind of in a situation now in society where obviously we're having way too much sweetness in our diet in the form of sugar. What we're, what we're seeing now is a, a, a way to try and find people to cut down on the amount of sugar in their diet, but still enjoy sweetness. And non-sugar, low-sugar sweeteners have been around for many, many years. Obviously, they're becoming even more popular now because we're trying to cut down on the amount of sugar that we actually have in our diet overall. So it's just as a, as a, as a, as a race then, you know, in terms of generally... Are we consuming far too much sugar, Julia? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, the positive thing, let's start with the positives. We've actually seen a reduction in sugar intakes of the, of the nation over the past five, six, seven years since we've had much greater pushes from, from the food industry to cut down on the amount of sugar in their products and also greater awareness, raising awareness amongst consumers that actually too much sugar isn't that great for us. So we have seen a, a decline and that's really great news, but we still have a huge way to go. So if you look at the figures at the moment, um, adults are having on average 50 grams of sugar a day. Now that translates to just under 13 teaspoons. And this is the type of sugar. This is not the sugar that you find in fruit or the natural sugars in milk. This is kind of what we would it's called in the in the business free sugars. That doesn't mean you can eat them freely. It basically <laughs> equates mainly to things like added sugar. So 50 grams for adults. Actually, what adults should be having is 30 grams. So they're having almost double. And that's with the reductions we've seen. And of course, changes don't happen overnight. They happen gradually and slowly. So hopefully we will see that value come down. Very similar for children as well. So if you look at primary age children, um, they shouldn't be having more than five teaspoons of sugar. They're currently having in the region of 12 teaspoons, so oh, more than word. double. So, yes, we are having way too much sugar. The good news is there's lots of things that we can do to help reduce the amount of sugar in our diet. And sweeteners obviously play a really big, important part of this. So what, what about what about some of the, the myths around sweeteners that have developed over time then, you know, from... You know, I can remember think going back years, you know, like saccharin, whatever it was, causes brain tumours or something, and all this kind of thing that was going around, espartin or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's heaps and heaps of, of myths. And I think probably the first thing to say is um, actually what's, a lot of what's actually reported isn't actually accurate. It's misleading. It's not giving you the true story of what research has found. And also there's research which is done, which is then found to be flawed. So let's start with the facts. I think the first thing to say is that, that sugars, um, that, that low sugar, no sugar sweeteners are actually a safe and a tasty alternative to um, sugar itself. There are heaps and heaps and heaps of, of organizations around the world which confirm the safety of sweeteners in our diet. 
um, they wouldn't be on sale, quite frankly, if they weren't going to be if they weren't going to be safe for people. So, I mean, let's look at it realistically as, an, as a, a kind of a country and a government, whichever country you're in, your government is not going to be encouraging you to do something which may damage your health. That's just not what governments want to do. They're not encouraging poor health practices. They're doing quite the opposite. So that's the first thing to say. And I think, um, you know, there, there are heaps of sweeteners out there, but every single one. So there's 11 approved sweeteners for use in the UK. So as you mentioned there, saccharin's one of them, aspartame. We've got sucralose. We've also got stevia, which is the, the one based on, on, on leaves, which often people think is a more natural form of sweetener. And I think that's the point, isn't it? People, the, the, the fear, we've done research with the British Soft Drinks Association, which shows that actually it's the artificial nature of sweeteners which scare people. Okay. But we have to be under no illusion here. Um, you know, there's a, there's a process, of course, there's a process to make sweeteners, but there's also a process to make sugar. And there's a process to make syrup and a process to make all, all the all different kinds of, kind of things. Sugar doesn't come out of uh, out of the ground, kind of like whitening little granules or in cubes. It comes out of big sugar beet things. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the part of the world that you're in, you've got sugar beet, okay. which tends to be more UK. You've got sugar cane, which tends to be more in other parts of hotter parts of the world. So, so you know, there is always a process involved. It's the artificial term that often scares people and makes them think that this is, is not good for them. But as I say, of the 11 sweeteners approved for use, they're approved by, the in, in Europe, it's the European Food Safety Authority. And also, you mentioned cancer. Cancer Research UK, as well as all other health organisations, say they're safe. So hopefully that can reassure people um, that the, the safety is there. There are huge tests. They're one of the most researched ingredients in the world. <laughs> and recent research as well has been done. You know, we've frequently had papers coming through saying, OK, let's look at the safety in relation to cancer. There's no link. So, yes, they are they are safe. And Julia, you, you mentioned they're the one that's like more plant based, I think you said. Okay. Yeah, stevia. Yeah. So do people feel more comfortable with that one then? I don't, I, my gut instinct is yes, they probably do because it's they they see it's coming from a, a leaf rather than um, something which they're unfamiliar with. But of course, it doesn't come out as a leaf. Mm. You know, it's not just the leaf. There's a, that as I say, as with sugar, there's a huge processing um, procedure that's gone through in order to get it into the the form that we tend to see it, whether it's in a powder form. Um, or whether it's being used in products it's, you know, that, are, that are available on the supermarket shelves. But I think people do feel more comfortable. It doesn't make it any better. I think the thing to, to realise is that all of the different sweeteners have lots of different characteristics. They may suit some people for how they're using them, whether they want to use them in tea or coffee or on cereal, or whether they're actually in products. So they've got unique tastes, unique characteristics. The one thing they do tend to have in common is many of them, most of them are calorie free or extremely low in calories, and they're much, much sweeter than sugar. So you only need to use them in very small amounts. So those are the things that they tend to have um, in common. And the other thing is how we use them, why we use them. So, you know, there are three key areas I see where sweeteners can play a part. It's probably one of your questions you were going to ask me. It wasn't was it? actually, yes, it was. And before you do well, that, ask me the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, maybe, I love it. I love it. Love it. Before we do that, can you can touch on one more xylitol? 
Yeah. Yes, because that um, I uh, I was following something and xylitol cropped up quite a lot, which is which is lovely on cereal. I think I you know it's like a and um, is that a plant based one as well or xylitol as? Yeah, xylitol is plant based. Um, xylitol is an interesting one actually because it's um, it's actually been shown. So one of the, the key problems with with sugar um, is the impact it has on our dental health. So we know that sugar is not good for our dental health. It's a no brainer. We've known that for many, many, many years, and and that's you know one of the key reasons why we should be having less sugar. Because whilst we all think kind of you know we often think about weight as the priority, actually dental health is really, really crucial. And there are so many people who have poor dental health. So the thing with xylitol um, is that xylitol is actually one of the, the, the low sugar substitutes and sweeteners that actually seems to have a positive impact on our teeth. Um, so, and there's been lots of research looking at the benefits and actually we see xylitol, you mentioned using it on, on cereal, but actually it's one of the key ingredients in things like sugar-free gum. Okay. Um, and sugar-free gum, sugar-free gum is great because obviously, um, A, there's no sugar in it. It's got xylitol in which seems to help with our dental health. And then also the whole act of chewing, chewing sugar-free gum stimulates saliva and it's saliva that washes the teeth on, after eating and washes the sugar away. So you see in some parts, dentists actually recommending chewing sugar-free gum after a meal kind of 30 minutes because it increases that saliva and helps to kind of naturally clean the teeth. So yes, the xylitol is a good product. You do find with some of those um, in large amounts, you might see that there's a little note on the back of the packaging saying don't over and indulge in products with xylitol because they can um they, they're sometimes linked with bloating and excess wind which no one wants um <laughs> but you know that's if you're eating yeah. very large amounts so it's important to make sure you're not having them in vast quantities oh i'm glad i asked there you go right <laughs> so come on then here we go then how can we uh, incorporate these sweeteners into our into our daily life into our diet then well, there's lots of different ways. And I think a lot of it will depend um, on, on why you want to reduce your sugar intake. So I think the first thing to say is everyone should be reducing their sugar intake because on average, most people are having way more than they actually should. So everyone will benefit. And the three key areas that um, were, you know, that sweeteners play a role in, we've mentioned teeth. So obviously cutting down on sugar is good for you're always better for your dental health. You're less likely to suffer with problems such as decay um, and cavities. So that's a, that's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, the other area is obviously weight management. So a lot of people um, now have a problem with their weight, um, which increases the risk of many, many health problems. So there is a big push from government in particular and health organisations and the NHS to help people manage their weight more effectively. Now, that doesn't necessarily automatically mean losing weight. It might actually be helping people to maintain their weight so they're not gaining weight in the future. So sweeteners have a role to play there because they are calorie free or, or virtually calorie free. So they can help you um, reduce your calorie intake, 
reduce your sugar intake. And for some people, you know, kind of some people want to reduce their carbohydrate intake as well. So, you know, sugar is a carbohydrate. So it's really about calories and sugar, which you the benefits there. And then the third area where I find, um, you know, lots of people use them and they're particularly important is anyone who's got diabetes. Mm -hmm. Because obviously with your diabetes, with diabetes, you need to focus on controlling your blood sugar levels and sweeteners don't impact on our blood sugar in the same way that sugar itself does. So they can be really useful for anyone who wants to look after their teeth, who wants to manage their weight, who has diabetes and wants to control their blood sugar levels, but they still want to enjoy that sweet taste. And they still want to, um, you, you know, enjoy products which they would nearly always, you know, which they would enjoy. So there's some key, key areas. You asked the question. I've gone off track as okay. usual. Right. <laughs> you asked the question, how do you incorporate them mm. into your diet? There's lots and lots of different ways that you can use sweeteners. So you mentioned um, using a powder sweetener on, on, on porridge. So, yes, you can buy powdered sweeteners which or, or little tiny tablets which you can use in in hot drinks for example mm -hmm. um, the powder sweeteners tend to be used they're great if you want um, on cereal if you want extra sweetness on cereal or porridge or, or, or sharp fruits for example and then we're seeing lots of um, new products which contain sweeteners so they might be in things like yogurts for example um, they might be in, you know, you, we're starting to see them more um, in things like fruit juices. And also the big one, of course, is soft drinks. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge, huge, huge range of products which contain sweeteners. So whether it's the what we call in the business, the dilutables, so basically cordials and squashes right the way through to your um, soft fizzy drinks, many of which now um, are available with the no sugar sweeteners and in fact actually in terms of soft drinks last year in 2021 seven out of ten of all the products that were sold um, all the soft drinks that were sold were actually low or no sugar varieties so they are popular and actually that's what the majority of the population is now choosing i was going to ask you that because i was quite intrigued that just see how it's grown over the over the years just just touching back on the sugar about being bad for you then did tell me if I'm right on this? I might be completely wrong, but I'm sure I read somewhere that if you have too much sugar, can some of that be stored as fat? Have I ever got that wrong? It was all. It's all about excess calories. Right. So you can't convert sugar into fat. But what happens is all of the food in uh, that we eat, um, all of the different components that provide calories, so fat, sugar, carbohydrates, and alcohol, actually what they do is they're all metabolized and they provide energy. And if we've got more energy than we actually um, need and can use, we start to store that and we tend to store it. So we store some as an emergency supply in our muscle and our, our liver. So that's if we suddenly need a spurt of energy because, you know, you've got to go back, we go back to caveman again here, you yes. know, kind of yeah. like caveman suddenly needs a massive spurt of energy to go and catch and kind of, you know, find dinner. So he's on the go and running very fast to try and catch dinner. So that's where you use your liver and your muscle supplies, which is stored in the form of carbohydrate. Excess of beyond that then gets stored as fat. So you're absolutely right. The sugar isn't converted into fat, but it's converted into calories and it's the excess calories that then get stored as fat. Now, of course, conversely, in the other way, 
if our if we take in fewer calories than our body needs then our body starts to look where can it get those calories from and it will go to those fat stores um, in order to break down that fat to supply it with the calories that it actually needs to function properly wow come so still exploring the sweetener thing then um what about impacts on our health what any impacts around gut health you've already touched on oral health good question, good question. um it, gut health so i always find it's a fascinating area really fascinating and i think it's very very difficult um in any uh, in any part of gut health to identify specifically the impact of an individual nutrient we don't eat individual nutrients or individual ingredients we eat food as a whole so if you imagine, it's very, very difficult to go, okay, so the effect on our gut health of sweeteners is because we haven't eaten sweeteners in isolation. Mm-hmm. Is it because of something else in our diet? It probably is. It's, a, it's I think when it comes to gut health, it's really important to look at overall diet and trends which you see combined. So with gut health, yes, there are a few. The only real way to see whether sweeteners have an impact on our gut health is really by doing isolated tests in laboratories where you take where you where you effectively try and stimulate 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 (laughs) stimulate Stimulate the villi in the guts yes oh very good yeah you took the words out of my mouth when you try and stimulate a a gut environment Mm. and then throw kind of various ingredients or nutrients at it to see what happens of course that isn't what happens in our bodies Mm. so so you have got a few studies which have shown um that perhaps um sweeteners have an impact on gut health but they've been carried out first of all mainly in rodents and it's very difficult to kind of draw conclusions from what happens in a, a rodent to a human they're usually done with vast quantities of, of sweeteners in amounts that would never, ever be consumed by a human. And of course, they're done in isolation where you've just literally got the sweetener and, and nothing else. There's no buffering effect there of mm-hmm. fiber from fruit and vegetables or protein or any other ingredients. So it's very hard. And I think the, the comforting thing at the moment is there was a big panel of experts that got together, 17 nutrition experts just recently and they came to the conclusion that there is actually no good evidence or proof at the moment that actually our gut health is impacted by sweeteners so that's really quite comforting and I think the other thing to say is there's probably some bigger areas which which are going to have a greater impact on your or your gut health being fiber being one of them we know that people have very low intakes of fiber I think fiber intakes are around about 18 grams at the moment when we should be having 30 grams Um, so you know that's a big area you know I think if you're concerned about your gut health that really is about prioritizing what's really important and for me I think fiber would be the the area that I would encourage people to focus on making sure they're getting plenty of fiber in their diet because we know that fiber is is good for our for our gut health and will help to prevent a variety of, of health problems. Cool. Well, look, we've dispelled a fair few things about sweeteners and shared some information there. We you touched on earlier about how we can have too much sugar, and you touched about the you know the uh, the possible little bit of a side effect with xylitol, like bloating. <laughs> um, can generally can people have too many artificial sweeteners? I'm just just a thought i don't know 
Yeah, I mean, when it comes to sweeteners, there are huge tolerance levels put in in, in guidelines. So it, it's quite complicated. But the bottom line is, with all the research that's done, each sweetener has something called an acceptable daily intake. So it's the maximum amount that you should have. Now, first thing to say is this acceptable daily intake or ADI is actually set at a really, really high level anyway. So if just for sake of argument, let's take an arbitrary number. If, if, if they said you could have one gram, actually the acceptable daily intake would be set 10 times higher than that anyway. So you've got a massive safety margin in there. And then it's also um, fair to say that the acceptable daily intake is really um, very difficult. It would be very, very difficult for anyone to consume, to reach that level, drinking um, soft drinks, for example, which have got no sugar in them. So I think, you know, if you're, eat if you're eating, drinking, and just as a normal person would, even if you're drinking and eating in excess, you're not likely to have um, anywhere near the acceptable daily intake. I'm trying to find the statistic. I've got it written down somewhere in front of me. And of course, I can't find the one. I'll come back to it if I do find it. <laughs> no, no, no problem at all. And so, Janet, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to cover on this, this um, information about the sweetness? Um, I think it's probably important to talk a bit more about weight because we haven't covered that in great detail. We have mentioned it, but there's um, one of the myths is that actually sweeteners, uh, products with sweeteners cause weight gain rather than actually helping people to manage their weight or lose weight. I've not heard that um, one. Haven't you? No, oh, no. It's, it's quite a popular one. Um, sweetness calls weight gain. And like, this is a this is an area which um, the research is really tricky, actually. So most of the research which is carried out with sweeteners and um, humans are based on what we call observational studies. And, and that's exactly as the name suggests, exactly what happens. So there's um, the observation that one thing and two things are happening and then the conclusion drawn. So for example, research might show from an observational study that we've observed that actually people who have higher intakes of um, no sugar drinks have higher weights and are more likely to have be overweight. And then the conclusion is drawn. Oh, well, that means that they must have higher weight because of the fact they're having non-sugar sweeteners. And then that gets reported in the press and it's like, you know, the, the big classic headline, diet drinks cause weight gain. Now, the, the issue is that it's not that simple. It doesn't show cause and effect. So an observational study doesn't actually show that one thing causes another thing. It's not showing that actually high, high um, intakes of low sugar drinks cause overweight. It's just showing a link between the two. And it could actually be completely reversed in, in that people who are overweight are more likely to choose the no sugar drinks because they're wanting to manage their weight. So you have to be very careful. And actually the evidence, there's no evidence to show that actually um, no sugar drinks or, or um, no, no sugar sweeteners impact on our weight in a negative way. It shows the opposite. It helps us to manage our weight. So I think that's probably one of the other myths that, that really needs to be busted. The evidence just isn't there to suggest that despite what you might see in headlines. And what what I just thought of another one while you while you do what what about the thing where they go um, 
a product's got um, sugar-free, but then they say they've thrown more fat in to make it tasty. I don't know. Is that another one that comes around? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the, the reality is when it, it's, I think food reformulation is a, is a difficult area because there is there are several um, parts of, of our of ingredients that affect taste. So you obviously have sugar is one of the big things which provides taste. Fat is another ingredient that provides really good taste and salt is another ingredient. So, so as soon as you start to play around with one of those elements, then the taste changes completely. So you then have to look at making changes to everything in a, in a product. So. I think we have in the past seen when kind of products became sugar free uh, they they can often had more fat put in for flavor and vice versa we saw products that were being labeled as fat free which had higher intakes of sugar but i think now the food industry are, are well onto this and under control with it and so we're starting to see products which are reformulated, which focus on, there's no longer in food reformulation, a focus just on one nutrient. It's a difficult one because government actually focuses quite often on, right, we're gonna have a big sugar reduction program. And, and we're going as nutritionists and dietitians, I'm, I'm looking at it saying, mm, what about all the other things you can't look at? People don't eat sugar in isolation. They eat food, which contains a range of nutrients. So food industry, the food industry now seem to be much better at making sure for when they reduce sugar for example with sweeteners that they're not increasing fat they're not increasing salt um, at the same time it's about really um, making sure that you have a balance across all the nutrients and one doesn't impact on the other in a negative way when you take it out or reduce it and one other thought that just came to my mind what about is it fructose what's fructose so fructose is a naturally occurring sugar in fruit. So, um, you know, if you're eating an apple or an orange or any piece of fruit, that's naturally occurring sugar. So it's fructose. Um, in the UK, fructose, I mean, fructose is an ingredient that's often used to sweeten. Um, it does have um, in when it's in products, it seems to have a similar effect on blood sugar as regular excuse me regular table sugar but you certainly don't need to worry about the fructose in just a normal piece of fruit so we, we've seen over the years this real concern about oh should I eat less fruit you know kind of because I'm worried about the sugar that it contains um the the guidance is that we don't need to worry about cutting down on on sugar um in fruit we don't need to worry about cutting down on fruit it's cutting down really on all those added sugars so added by the all free sugars, as I said at the very beginning. So that that's the that's basically any sugar that will be added into your tea or coffee at home, into a cake that you make, into a cake that's that's bought, into restaurant meals when you go out for dinner. So anything where you add sugar, and also it includes fruit juices um, and honey and syrups. So that they're considered to be free sugars. And that's really because the, the body has easy access to those sugars. So with orange juice, for example, your body has easy access to the sugar because all of the kind of like the juice has been squeezed out of the fruit structure. So mm -hmm. it's easy for your body to utilize that sugar. Whereas if you had say a whole orange, it's, you've got to munch your way through all of the fibrous bits as well. Yeah. So. Oh, wonderful. So hey, anything else then? Anything that we've missed? 
Oh, I suppose one of the other questions that I get asked a lot is about water. Isn't water just the best choice? And the, mm. the reality is, yes. <laughs> in an ideal world, in an ideal world, we would all be drinking water and that, that would be the, the go-to choice. And obviously water is really important for hydration. It's really important. I mean, it has, doesn't have any impact on our weight. It doesn't, obviously not fat weight, it impacts our, our, our fluid weight. But water doesn't impact on our weight, it doesn't impact on our teeth, um, it doesn't impact on our blood sugar levels. So, of course, it's the go-to. But the reality is, you know, we, we are living in the real world and we don't want to drink water all the time. Many of us like a sweet taste. Um, we particularly like a sweet taste in our drinks. <clears throat> and so, and you know, just, I mean, imagine you're going out, you're the, you're the designated driver and you're going for a night out. I'll just have tap water, please. You know, it's just not going to happen. Or, or when people are pregnant and they're not, or, or they're not drinking alcohol for whatever reason. You know, you have, you know, water is yes, you want to drink some water, but a lot of the time, you want something different. So I think that's really where your your low and no sugar um, sweetened drinks actually have a really important part to play because they will provide you with that sweet taste without the impact on teeth, on weight, on blood sugar levels, whatever reason you want to cut down on sugar. And they provide um, an opportunity for people to have that at times when, you know, they perhaps don't want water. So I, as a dietitian, water is the go-to. If you want an alternative, those, those low and no sugar drinks actually um, provide an option. And I think in terms of hydration, what many of us don't realise, so the government guidelines we see, we should have six to eight glasses of, of fluid every day. In terms of staying hydrated, all fluids with the exception of alcohol count towards this. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether it's tea, coffee, water, glass of milk, um, whether it's a hot chocolate, whether it's a herbal tea, whether it's a soft drink, they all count towards our, our fluid requirements. And the key is really looking at what else comes with those fluids. So for your, your um, low and no sugar sweetened beverages and soft drinks, they're not coming with any sugar that makes them a good a good choice in terms of you know helping to get your the fluid into you good i'll share that with my wife then because my wife doesn't drink enough water she has a big board in the kitchen that says i must drink more water <laughs> but she goes how boring is I've this got mine. yes i've got mine here as well but uh... i try and get through at least that that one every day yeah. one day when i go to classes <laughs> well look if anybody else wants to find out more information about this topic are people okay to contact you or anything yeah, I can certainly, um, yeah, I think, but the best thing is have a look online um, and on social because there's lots there. Brit Soft Drinks is the, the social tag and there's lots of really good information on busting myths um, in particular. And obviously I work with them to help spread the news and, and, and bust the myths around the, the non-sugar sweeteners. So yes, that's probably the best place. And I'm, I'm at Juliet Kello Nutritionist. So that's where you'll find me on Instagram. Wonderful. Well, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you today and busting some of these myths and sharing some information. And uh, as I always say to my guests, whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Oh, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great talking to you, Steve. Okay, have a good day. Bye-bye for now. Bye. This is Yawa Radio. A big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the team at Yawa Radio. Remember to check us out live online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at yawaradio.com.
co.uk and if you'd like to join us as a guest on Yawa Radio or as a guest on the Yawa Radio podcast we would love to hear from you simply email studio at yawaradio.co.uk once again a big thank you for taking the time out to listen this is the Yawa Radio podcast copyright applies with inspirational guests from around the world, inspirational quotes, the inspirational book of the week, the meditation hour, the quiet zone, and feel good music. Yawa Radio is about well being, happiness, and finding the beauty within. Enjoy, be beautiful, be happy, be inspired. This is Yawa Radio.